Welcome back to Tears and Flowers. I am Zakia, your healing Muslima. And today I want to talk about a subject that I have noticed over um, past five plus years maybe, but it's really starting to hit home now. And it really comes from this uh, Twitter post that I saw not too long ago um, that uh, went along the lines of, I definitely think there is a huge and growing demographic of Muslim women that love God, but are slowly disassociating themselves from Islam or trying to carve out their own interpretations and relationship with it to, uh, in order to remain practicing and remain Muslim. And the Muslim men, communities, leaders have triggered it. So. When I saw this post, it definitely was a trigger for me because I myself am someone who has been um, unfortunate enough to encounter people who use the religion of Islam as a weapon. They use it to control you, to, you know, and it's really all about control, basically. They use it to control you. And especially if your spirituality and your faith is something that is important to you um, and you're dealing with an abusive or narcissistic person, it's definitely going to be something that they use against you, you know, in order to get you to fall in line or obey certain things, you know? So, um, and after coming out of that, relationship, I myself had a hard time connecting with Islam. You know, when you have someone, you know, telling you constantly things like, you know, your prayers are not going to be accepted. Allah is is mad at you. And, you know, you're going to go to the hellfire. You have people saying things like that to you um, repeatedly over the course of time it does have an effect on that person and it's traumatizing and so i found myself being uh, unable to fully connect with islam for a period of time and i'm just now getting back to the the point to where i feel like uh, i'm starting to feel about islam the same way i did when i first began practicing um, back in 2008 and so Um, It changed the way I looked at prayer. It changed the way I looked at du'a. It changed the way um, I looked at Muslims and the uh, necessity of having relationships with them, friendships. You know, Islam is big for uh, cohesiveness, brotherhood, sisterhood. And, you know, I found myself in a position to where I did not want to be around Muslims. It became very hard for me to be around Muslims because of just the amount of hypocrisy and uh, just misogyny that is in the Muslim world. And the women are so used to it, they will even champion it, not even realizing that they are adding to the problem themselves. And so I went through many different phases during that time where I was wondering, you know, can I even be Muslim? Am I even worthy enough to tell people that I'm a Muslim? You know, that was one of the hardest things that I had to 
uh, really reconcile myself with. I had to convince myself again that, you know, Allah chose me for this path. And so I definitely am worthy of it. So coming through to the other side, my saving grace really was uh, my hijab. It was the one thing that I could not let go of, no matter how negligent I had become in other areas in my Islam and my deen. The one thing that saved me was the hijab because I knew I couldn't go back to living, you know, my life pre-Islam and still be walking around representing Islam with the hijab on my head. And so it made me take some time to reflect and think back on it and what made me fall in love with Islam to begin with. And I'm slowly gaining that um, passion again for Islam and that wonder and that awe and, you know, that inspiration that Islam gives to the heart. And, you know, I'm grateful for that, that I didn't end up leaving the religion, you know. So, but it's definitely something that I feel is is going on all over the place. And it's not just here in the West. It's going on in, you know, Middle Eastern countries. It's, it's going on all over. Women are finding a hard time practicing a religion that has been used to not only vilify us, but to silence us and to make us invisible at the same time of them preaching how much Islam elevates the woman, which is you know, it's damaging to a woman, especially a woman that's really trying and striving. It's damaging for a woman to go through these things and keep her faith intact. After a while, any human being, after being battered over and over and over again, you know, you start to question your own self and you start to question your worth and all those other things. And in questioning your self-worth, your faith comes into that as well. So that's going to suffer. And I've seen it so many times in different communities with different uh, cultures being involved. It's not just the, uh, you know, it's not just one community. It's not just the African-American. It's not just the Koja. It's not just the, you know, Arabs. It's happening all across the board. There are women who are being abused emotionally and spiritually through these things in Islam and they either don't have the knowledge to know that um, you know the extent of the oppression that they're in or is they have no other outs they have no way out and the leaders um, so-called leaders of these communities they shame the woman they go you know they go and tell the woman you know Basically, in a nutshell, if you were a better woman, you know, he wouldn't treat you this way or, you know, it becomes all about you and, um, you know, what you need to do in order to change to get this person not to treat you in that manner. And that's just not Islam. But unfortunately, after being, you know, that being driven into you over the course of time, you know, you really start to question, is this for me, is this religion really, um, does it really protect women the way they keep saying it does? Does it really 
you know, uplift the woman? Is paradise really at our feet? Because that is not the way that we're being treated. And I can understand now why I see so many of the youth and even women, you know, older into my age bracket are they're they're losing their dean. I can completely understand it. It's traumatizing and it's hard to back bounce back from and it gets even harder when you have people judging you because you're suffering with that. They don't realize that it has that kind of effect on you where it it affects every single part of your day when you have someone weaponizing that because Islam is an every part of your day type of religion. So it's not like it's just like, oh, on Sundays. Like, no, it's everything. It's every day in every act. And so your brain becomes accustomed to triggering you know these feelings these negative feelings when you go to do these acts and it's not the act itself that turns you away it's the memories of what you used to feel and what used to happen when you did these things before and feeling helpless in the situation and so I think it's something that we need to talk about more often instead of being so focused on Uh, Whether or not a woman is tying a piece of cloth around her head or, you know, she's wearing nail polish or whatever. Those those things are so minute in comparison to the bigger picture, which is why are our women finding it so hard to hold on to Islam when men are supposed to be the protectors and maintainers of us? What does that say about the men in our communities if so many women are finding it? so hard to even practice this Islam. But I'm going to check in with someone that a few people that I want to share their opinions with um, on the subject. And some of them have gone through these same things and they know exactly, you know, how it feels to go through this. So let's go ahead and get their opinion on some of it. I want to really thank you for inviting me to Tears and Flowers to speak about this topic. I feel like it's important to have these avenues to talk about the things that really matter within our community and to make the experience the best for everyone. When I heard about the post, I automatically connected with it. And I also automatically thought, while this is a problem, you know, we as Muslimas, we shouldn't have to constantly open wounds of trauma that we got from practicing. And I definitely don't think it starts and stops with the men. I feel like it's definitely a system of misogyny that trickles down from the top all the way to the bottom. And we're not going to really be able to move forward if that's not addressed. We can't preach one thing and not do that in real life. We're not being practical about the things that we learn. So if we put women high up and say that heaven lies at her feet, But then we try to abuse the woman, whether it's financially, spiritually, emotionally, then 
that woman will not be whole. And then it goes forth on and on. It's just this big circle of pain. Um, In my experience, I am a convert. So when it came to Islam, my first encounters of Islam were through my marriage. And I found myself in situations where because of my lack of knowledge or not having the resources to get the information I needed because of, you know, leaders in the community not really being available to you to answer these questions or for counsel, um, it, it makes it very hard to separate the religion from your trauma. And it can be a major trigger for women when, you know, maybe she would get beat right after Salat or, you know, she would constantly be embarrassed about her hijab or anything that had to do with her religion was ultimately connected to an abuser. You know, people don't understand that that can really have an effect on people. And if my religion is connected to those things, it makes it even harder to get back on and start doing the things that I need to do. You know, the path of spirituality is not linear. You know, uh, you're going to have your ups and downs, but... In my experience, I've always found it harder to get back to the ups because you're constantly reminded of all the things that happened to you. And sometimes those situations cause grief. You know, when my marriage ended, I was in a state of grief. And instead of having that support from my community, I was ostracized for not conforming to what that should look like that healing process and I feel that a lot of people connect uh having you know not being able to function and practice as a Muslim as low iman automatically and that's a problem you know the ummah is not a monolith And people come from different backgrounds, different experiences. So to just automatically connect what's going on in your life to low man and not looking at all aspects. You know, we have a lot of sisters who are so traumatized to the point of PTSD and we're not recognizing those things. And a lot of the time, we're not, you know, looking at the root of the problem. We're looking at the woman, we're blaming the woman, and not seeing that there's two parties. Or it may be a community of people who continue to perpetuate these things. So 
I think it's important that women get to know Islam for themselves, especially if they are not married. And if you are married, you know, it's important that you know Islam for yourself. I think it's also important that we address misogyny within our communities and not just let it be something that we talk about in whispers, but let it be something we openly speak about and are actively trying to change. Um, I think that there also needs to be support for converts who, you know, don't know much about the religion and are getting married or in these situations, there should be outlets for people, not just converts, but all the ummah, if they are feeling like they're losing their way. If there are groups for alcoholics or there are groups for people who suffer from certain things, like there might be a a support group for people who are dealing with cancer or have family members with cancer, why don't we have things that look the same? Support groups for women in all aspects, whether it's from divorce or maybe um, losing a family member, bereavement, some kind of support to show that, yes, you're going through this, but there's still a way. And sometimes, you know, when there's a multitude of people who are there to support you, you can see it more clearly instead of just the talk of, oh, you can go to the community and they'll support you. Sometimes you have to see it to believe it. So I just feel like once we address some of those things, then we can really get to understand why a lot of women are turning away. You know, I think it was important how you talked about finding that one thing. And that one thing for me is how I felt when I first became Muslim. The light I felt like I had within my life. And just remembering that constantly helps me to stay on the path because it's not an easy road. So I just want to thank you for having me and letting me share my opinion, my very humble opinion. Hello, my name is Tahira. I am the host's daughter and I used to be a practicing Muslim, but I no longer practice. I unfortunately didn't have the best upbringing when it came to Islam and its teachings. I was surrounded by people who used Islam not for the good, but for their own selfish wants and desires. And it, unfortunately, as a result, I have, I grew to resent Islam. And unfortunately, it, I was a fish, I was um, completely turned off and I stopped practicing. Um, I still have some tendencies that I picked up from when I used to practice. 
but I think for the most part, I don't practice it. And it's really unfortunate because I feel like had I been brought up with good role models and people who taught me the correct way to practice Islam, I'm pretty sure I'd still be practicing. And that's, and that's the thing when it comes to the men in Islam as far as how they practice Islam because the male role models I had were either just plain not good or they or they were the they just weren't good um and when I decided to not practice, I <clears throat> I was worried how I'd be perceived and how I'd be judged. I was worried that that my family <clears throat> that my family wouldn't wouldn't love me and that they wouldn't they would treat me differently because I was no longer practicing. But to my relief, my mother even though she might not agree with everything that I'm doing she still loves and supports me and I've received judgment from the men in my family for no longer practicing and it upsets me because I think to myself well you have something to say about me not practicing but where were you when I was growing up and I desperately needed a good male role model you either were not present or you were actively to the detriment of how Islam is supposed to be presented so you honestly have yourself to blame because men are the leaders of the household and if you don't have a good leader of the household then it doesn't matter what you're gonna have your qualms with Islam. Either you're gonna stop practicing or you're just, your relationship with Islam is just gonna be a lot different. And that's something that Muslim men need to take into account is that their actions have consequences. If you are not doing right by the women in Islam, your, your sisters, your mothers, your wives, if you're not doing right by them, if you push them away from Islam or, or anything like that, then I feel like you have, you have yourself to blame because I feel like men love to pass judgment on women and their choices, but then when it comes to being called to responsibility for having a hand in those choices and deci decisions that a woman has made then you know they don't they don't want to take responsibility and you can't have it both ways you can't be the man and the leader of the household and not lead your household or if you lead your household you're not leading it justly you're leading it w with oppression and just no love so that's has been my experience with Islam.
Okay, we're going to wrap up part one of uh, this episode of Tears and Flowers, Islam as a Weapon, and how it has affected the women in the communities. Um, we're going to come back with part two. Um, part two will be uh, some more uh, inside views of people that have experienced these things. And part three will be um, a discussion between uh, all of those that have contributed with their uh, stories. So stay tuned for next time. Peace.